0: Boxing changed the perspective of my life. You know, guys, I was told that I had six months to live. I'm sick, but who do I fight with over this? It's not an opponent that I can see. Peace be upon you,
1: and welcome to another Safi Brothers podcast. Alhamdulillah, today we have an extraordinary guest. A brother who's been on a journey that's incomparable that we know, subhanAllah. MashaAllah a brother who's had two amazing championships. Two times world champion. Inshallah. But also a world champion in fighting cancer. SubhanAllah. This brother has fought adversity. He's gone through the top and the bottom. Australia, America, around the world. Seeing the successes and the hardships. SubhanAllah, in his lifestyle. Nandala, and our brother, the champ, Billy Deep. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Safi Bros podcast.
0: Thank you, my Welcome brothers. It's an honor to be here. Bismillah, assalamu alaikum. Thank you guys so much for having me, and I'm uh, I'm honored. I'm honored to be here.
2: <laughs> Hello, <my laughs> buddy, <bro. laughs> One thing I want people to know about Billy Deep is we've only known each other for a short time, but he's he's actually. Given us the love and compassion as a sibling brother and uh, we've known each other for over, over thirty years, subhanAllah. We it's are we balik. are brothers. Alhamdulillah, we are brothers. we are, we in Islam. are brothers we're, because
0: uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we're connected as brothers in Islam. Amen. So I mean you know that's that's the way I deal with people, you know. I mean, obviously uh, Ahmad started with Ahmad showed me so much love, reached out to me with a lot of respect, and uh, oh, when when people show respect, they demand respect back. And Alhamdulillah, I was able to give that respect back And Al-Mari. to be here today is an absolute honour I'm, uh, I'm very happy to be here And I look forward to this uh, beautiful podcast, inshallah That can benefit a lot of brothers, bismillah A-meen. And, A-meen. Sisters, A-meen. and
1: sisters, and sisters we're, we're privileged today to be at uh, your book launch, mashallah A-shallah. And mashallah he introduced me as his brother Hello to the people there
0: I didn't say anything that wasn't true Because all I had to add was my brother in Islam. And <laughs> I just left the Islam part out, but I should have said it anyway. <laughs> Allah Allah be- Allah me-
1: Thank you, Habib. Allah bless you and all the hard work, mashallah, you've done. And your and family. And your family. Uh, we are pleased and honored to have you here to share what we call your success story. Insha'Allah. And as we know, success, subhanAllah, is so unique to so many different people. We see success in a different, different light. And we'd love for you to highlight the startup. No, the start of of believe. Uh, A young chap who was yeah. five, the fondest
0: start memories
1: of your life. Let's, how, yeah, may, let's how many siblings? Where were, were you living know, in, in Sydney? I, when, I,
0: when I was when I was five years of age, um, you know, SubhanAllah I had my brother Jihad, my brother Imad, Mohammed, my older brother Nasser, and my younger sister my younger sister Sabrine. So when I was five, my sister Sabrina was two. A little bit after that, my brother Yusuf would enter the world as well. But Alhamdulillah, you know, I, I remember my childhood. It was a, I had fond memories of my childhood. Um, my brothers and I, we um, we were good friends. We hung out, we played together, we we ran a mark, we um, we just you know we we had. Take, we had, take we had, us we had to that so fondest just, memory. Take yeah. us that fondest memory as a kid, mm-hmm. M- middle child. Ah, uh, yeah, you could say that. So there was um, four boys then me. MashaAllah, so you had it, brothers then, to look yeah, up to. Yeah, so my brother, man, growing up, I was I looked up to my brothers a lot. You know, they were my heroes. My brother Jihad was more like a more like a father figure because he was a lot older. Wow. And uh, he, man, I remember sometimes he used to pin me down, man. He used to smack me. <laughs> he would smack me without my parents wouldn't smack me, but he would smack me. You know, wow. like but like, he would give me like proper smacks because <laughs> I was a naughty kid. You know, I was I had a lot of energy and but um. No one in the family was a fighter then? No. No. My brothers were talented rugby league players. My brother Jihad was a talented rugby league player. Ahmad and Muhammad were very good rugby league players. But my brother Norset, he was more of a a computer geek. Wow. He loved the um you know, he loved the uh PlayStation stuff and back in them days it was like Nintendo and Atari and oh, all right, you no know. They were <laughs> them days, yeah. But then, you know, then PlayStation came out and all these other things and he was always into that. Subhanallah. Yeah, I, I I wasn't to be honest with you. I wasn't into that. I was really into the sport. I just wanted. I was an active kid. Shut I up. wanted to build things, break things, jump off things, uh, anything to hurt myself. You know, like <laughs> which was, primary school did you go to? Uh, growing up, I went to Ingadine Public School. Okay. Yeah, so that was in the Sutherland Shire, which was um in an area called Ingadine. Uh, it was a predominantly Anglo school. Wow. Yeah, I remember there was maybe one kid in the whole school who was uh you know who had a darker dark complexion his name was dylan Reddy. wow yeah yeah so we stood out like sore thumbs so you, you
1: didn't have any other kids around you like you didn't grow up in the labor areas or nah, no no yeah, no nah, yeah? nah. where
0: we grew up it was like predominantly white anglo there oh, was nice. another there was another muslim family in the area um they were from Najid, and they became really close friends of ours but the father he changed their last name to Stuart to help them fit in. No uh, way. Yeah, so so I was like, his kids' names were Michael, Andy, Alan, Jason, Christina. Wow. And then you had, in my family, Jihad, Hamad, <laughs> <Not yet>. Imaad, <laughs> Nasser, uh, Bilal, Sabreen, Yusuf, you know what I mean? We Salam had like proper Muslim names, you know what I mean? know. And uh, – we didn't fit in too well. How was that? How was that experience? It was you know, tough, man. I, I'm, I won't. I won't lie. You know, I mean, I, going going through school was a, was a was a definitely a tough experience. And again, you know, I never maybe voiced it enough, but you know, there was days that I woke up and I was petrified to go to school. Well, uh, there was days that I thought, man, what what, what am I going to be in for today? Can you give us like one of those horrific stories, bro? Take us. So, take us to so, one of those. You know, gr- growing up, I, I remember. Um, I remember you know people would throw eggs at our house people would paint things on our fence wow. like even like people would spray use a spray can to write on the fence go home you dirty wogs wow and and the craziest thing was is that the bus stop was like right outside our house and they would spray paint it there and so people who were going to school would see that on our fence and then that was like a a target point for us, you know. What I mean, like we we're gonna get picked on on that day, and wow. some my my, my no. brother. I remember my brother Muhammad. He he used to fight back, man. My brother Mo used to do some damage. He used to kick people in the head, like oh. real, like proper. He I don't know what it was. He had this like full fly kick that he used to do and <laughs> kick people. But we but you know we were young, yeah. you know, and like it's not like my brother Muhammad was gonna come and beat up a you know a yeah. kindergarten kid or yeah, a E one yeah. or E two or you know it's not like. like Going through school, you know, we, we experienced that racism. But eventually, you know, with my dad's wisdom, my dad's okay. a very, very wise man. Inshallah. I got to give him that man. The man, the man is wise. And I remember the exact words that he used to tell me is, you got to kill him with kindness. Oh. Don't yeah. fight back. Kill him with kindness. You know, great he, great got, he used to tell to me, he says, listen, dad, you're going to kill him with kindness. That's you that got to kill that's him. That's advice. And when, when I... When eventually things were getting out of hand, my dad said, you know what, i got a really good idea. I'm going to enter you guys in some after-school sports. Maybe then you can make friends with the kids outside of school and that might help. Build the bridges, yeah. Build the bridges, nice. So when when I started playing outside of school sports and with the kids at school and I'd score a try on the weekend or whatever, that would help break some of that, you know. Relationship. It, 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 helped, it helped like ease things. It eased a few things at school because yeah, 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 you know Billy Dib scored a try on the weekend. <laughs> what a champ, man! You won us the game. What a legend!
2: Yeah, yeah Subhanallah. Well, b-
0: through the adversities of school would eventually lead me to my destiny. Subhanallah. And you have to go through certain things to get to a certain destination. Yeah, 100%. Allah will put you through things to. Sometimes you go through certain things, you say, Ya Rab, why would you, like, why? But Allah has a plan for everything. There's a decree for everything. And the truth is, is that if I didn't get bullied at school, maybe my dad would have never took me to the football field. If I didn't get bullied at school, maybe I wouldn't have been at the football field when the trainer threw the pads and the gloves out on the floor and said, today we're going to do some boxer size. Wow. And as a young boy growing up with, you know, four other siblings... Who were boys and then a the younger sister. You could imagine the Rocky franchise was a big thing <laughs> in our household. I'm not joking; <laughs> yeah, it was a big thing. How old were you then? So that goes uh, back to that. 12? Twelve. So, 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 no, so no, no. It was earlier than that. I was like, man, boxing was a big thing in our home from the age of like seven, eight, nine, ten. Rocky was the, was the only movie that played in our household. Oh. Wow. It was. I, I can, I can tell you right now, the only movies that I remember from my childhood were Jackie Chan movies. Yep. Bruce, Bruce Lee movies, uh, Bruce Van, Damme movies Van Damme movies, yeah. Sylvester Stallone movies, yep. and RoboCop. <laughs> 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 That's true, but I'm not joking. Serious. That was That was really what it was. And, and so, you know, when the trainer threw them pads and the gloves on the floor, that was like, I've been here before because my dad had a convenience store and what he used to do, he sold the Rocky gloves in the convenience store yes, and man. me and my brother's no joke, used to beat the living daylights out of each other <laughs> with these gloves on.
1: Uh, you know, sorry. someone would
0: end up with a blood nose, somebody with a b- b- busted lip, this guy lost a tooth, this guy got winded and vomited on the floor, and every time something like that would happen, my mum would come in and dust her swallow. up. the She shouted through the real Jackie Chanwalk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so, Allah. you know, when, when that happened, and then the trainer was like, he asked me a question. He said, Billy, have you ever boxed before? And I said, no, but I've watched a lot of Rocky movies. And I wow. thought boxing was based on Rocky. I didn't know that there was real boxing. I didn't – like I'd heard of like Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, but I thought I, – in my mind, I'm thinking as a kid, man, Rocky's a real fighter. This wow. guy's a legend.
2: Well, you you, you 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 thought he was the Muhammad Ali. I
0: thought this guy's heavyweight champion of the world. This is the truth. SubhanAllah. When we're kids, what we see in the movies, yeah. You believe it. It affects us. And And you know, I'll tell you something right now. When I was a kid, I loved Sylvester Stallone so much. And I used to hear this thing about Muslims, and then I just said, to my mom, mom, do you think that Sylvester Slim will ever become a Muslim? Because I want him to go to Jannah, Mom. Because <laughs> 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 you know, I love him so much, right? Great <laughs> like, right, dog. Yeah. Hey, Sylvester, are you hearing yeah, this? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, I remember, I remember um, the first time I ever walked into the boxing gym, and my brother Ahmad had these like, like chatty gloves. They were like Ring Pro gloves. They were terrible, right? And I and I walked up to the gym and my dad he gave me a dollar coin because back in the days to go to train at the PCYC was one dollar. Oh wow. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, I can't hold it, but can you put the dollar coin in between the thumb and the and the glove? Because you know the glove holds like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he put the dollar coin in there for me and I said, Dad, I'll see you later. So I went upstairs and I knocked on the door with my elbow. Wow. And a guy by the Rust right the a guy by the name of rust, Rusty Penton opened the door. And I said, um, hello, you remember the name? Yeah, yeah, I know him, I remember him very well. And this guy played a significant role in my life till today because wow. I don't forget people. If you've done for me something, I'll never forget you. Oh, I will always hold you in high esteem for what you've done for me. I'm a medic. I knock on the door and he answers and he says, Can I help you, mate? And I said, Mr. Carpenter set me here and he told me that you could help me. And he said that I'm, I could be champion of the world one day. And he goes, why have you got your gloves on? And I said, because I'm here to fight. And he goes, what about learning how to skip and shadow box and do all the other stuff? And I was like, no, 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 I just want to fight. When the door actually opened up, I seen two people that were fighting each other, sparring each other, and I was like, whoa, whoa. where's the teacher stopping the fight? And I was (laughs) like, this is exactly what I want to do. Right then and there. It's like vision was clear. Twelve. Twelve. Vision, like, was completely clear. Opened the door. Like when I say complete obsession, right from that moment, I'm talking obsession. I'm talking. My dad was now now had me. He controlled me like a yo-yo. My dad at that point, because he found my weakness, and my weakness was that I loved boxing so much. So my dad was like, "Here's the thing, right? If you don't do well at school, you can't go to boxing." Wow. Here's the thing, right? If you don't get me good results, you can't go to boxing. Here's the thing, right? If you're not sitting at the front of the class, you're not going to boxing. So all of a sudden, I went from getting 50% to 70%. I went from sitting in the back of the class, being a class clown, to actually sitting in the front, becoming a bit of a nerd and listening. It's a, it's a bit. And then, and then I, became, <laughs> I became one of those people who went to school, applied myself, and left Wow. without any trouble. Wow. Ma- ma- matter of fact, we had a report card at school. And this report card was only for kids who were delinquents and troublemakers. <laughs> I,
2: I Behaviour sheets, they call them. Well, yeah, they call them behaviour yeah, sheets. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. I was I like, on one. I like, to call it, I like to call it a
0: sheet for a delinquent because I was a bit of a delinquent. And so I asked the principal, I said, listen, how could you put me on one of these? And he goes, but you're not in any trouble. I said, but I want to be on one of these because I want to show my dad that I'm being extremely good. So what I w- would say was um, unsatisfactory. Satisfactory, good, and excellent. And my dad was like, "If you get anything under good, you can't go to boxing." Wow. So all of a sudden, boxing changed the perspective of my life. Wow. It saved me from, saved me from you know ever getting into trouble. You know, it steered me away from fights. But the one thing that it did was was stop the bullies.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Because truth be told, and like I'm not proud of this, but there was a few times where. a few occasions where things happen and i was like listen here's what we're going to do you and me we're going to go around the corner behind the building of the school and we're going to deal with it like man whoever walks out walks out let's go well come on come on let's go you walk and i said all right beautiful that's what i want let's go one punch and it was all over wow. i used to hit him straight in the stomach in the guts just win them and walk out and i would walk out and it goes like, oh you're so slack and i'm like i'm slack <laughs> if I was on the end of the stick, I would, you know, sucked in your dumb, dumbwog. You know, that's what it would have been. Honestly, another time, you know, I um, there was this guy on a bus. I'm not going to mention his name, even though I know it clearly, right? <laughs> 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 <We> Remembering <laughs> that, yeah, way. <laughs> he, he, I, I was on the bus and he knew the route that the bus was going to go on, and we, we, it was a school sports day, and he knew that the route of the bus, and there was this girl in our school. She was but ugly, man. Right? God bless her soul. <laughs> and he wrote on the floor, he wrote, Billy Dib loves that girl. Oh, and I know her name and I'm not going to say because I don't want to embarrass anybody. And I was like so embarrassed. And he started laughing and running amok and trying to make me look silly in front mm-hmm. of everyone. So I got up and I said, listen, man, I said that was a mistake. And I just hit him straight in the stomach and he was out. And the teacher came. and I'm like, miss, listen, he called me a wog. He called me a wog. I said, you know, it's, not, it's not what <laughs> he did, but it's not sad. He you call me a wog. Says, said, I'm, oh, well, I'm going to contact I said, you contact the principal? No problem. I'm happy to go see him. As soon as I got there, I said to the principal, I said, listen, I was very witty as a kid, man. Quick mouth. Like I would psh, had it right, at, right on the cusp of my tongue. I was like, <laughs> bang. So he said, listen, we're going to have to suspend you. I said, listen, sir, that's, that's up to you. I said, but just so you know, my brother, Jihad, works in the ed- education department. I know what my rights are. And I said, and I'm going to let the school know, and I'm going I'm to put it out there that your school is racist and I'm facing racism. I said, no, 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 I am, oh, wow. I am. And so he said, all right, well, look, I'm not going to suspend you. <laughs> so you're negotiating. Because <laughs> uh, if, neg- if he suspends me, there's no boxing, <laughs> right? So he says, I'm going to have to put you on detention. Th- <clears throat> like, so you, you're going to have to do your suspension in school. I won't say anything to your father, and but anyway, so we get through it, and then the parents of that kid turn up at my house. Oh no! And now they want oh. to press charges. Are you serious? No joke. And then the mother and the father said, "If you don't befriend our son, we're going to press charges on you." Oh my god! And we want you to teach him how to box, and we want you to look. At- so I said, i now I'm all for it. I, I am all for it." man. I, and a bully I bullied to a friend. Listen. I said I'm all for it. I took him to the gym. I taught him how to box and everything like that. And it was uh, an opportunity for me to like be able to lay hands on him as well because <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I'm teaching you, man. <laughs> you gotta take some punishment too, right? <laughs> anyway, subhanallah. but subhanallah, you know what? I was able to turn my my um my foes into into fans. You know, those who knocked me, those who put me down, they became fans. So and far, that was a beautiful thing, you know. And oh, well. and I will tell you guys this story uh, because so how old
1: were you then? So, that, so that, that
0: was like um, you know, that was me coming out of school, like, you know, sixteen 17. around that time, you yeah, know. What yeah, I mean seventeen was not. Very no, impressionable yeah, age, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, there was this one <clears throat> there was this one kid that used to make my life a misery at school. Like, man, he, he found anything and everything to pick on me. And he got away with it because his mum was a school teacher at, at our school. So I was like, he was always in the right, I was in the wrong, you know. It yeah, like, you had that privilege. You couldn't, you couldn't beat that one. I dude. couldn't beat that one. You know, years and years and years passed, years passed. And in 2018, he rung me. And I was shocked to even hear from him. He was like, mate, how you doing? I said, I'm, I'm doing good, brother. He was, I said, Are you okay? And he goes, mate, I really need to come see you. And I said, why? And he goes, look, it's something going on in my life and I'd love to have a chat with you. And I said, "Oh, right, no problem. I said, he goes, I'm happy to come to you. And and at the time I was living in Concord and there was a pizza shop downstairs. I said, look, there's a pizza shop. I said, let's meet up there. So he comes to meet up with me and he said, I really need to apologize to you for what I put you through in your life at school. And I said, mate, that's in the past. Wow. Don't worry about it. And he goes, no, i got to worry about it. And I said, why is that? And he goes, because karma's biting me back in the bum, mate. And I said, why? And he goes, I'm getting picked on at work. Big time, mate. And the only thing I can think of is what I put you through at school. Love yeah, so I love really want to apologize to love you. Love and you know
2: what? Amazing story. Love you know
0: what? He ended up coming to my next like five or six fights. No love joke. Wallah, Walla. We became really good friends and you know what I mean? And, we, on, and then when I want to. I'm to the
2: to your, your, and when your I, vote the fan. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the fan.
0: I'm, t- I'm telling you, man. So like, you know, you can turn people around. And you know, the thing is, the, the one thing about me that I always tell people is that You know, when you're growing up in an area like where I grew up in and people fear what's different, we all fear what's different. I'll give you an example. When I was a young kid, I remember that I had a fear of disabled children. Wow. A serious fear of kids with disabilities because I used to think that if I play with kids with disabilities, I'm going to end up like that. Wow. But that was an ignorant ignorant thing for me to think. But I was young. I didn't know. And I had a cousin who was cousins who were disabled and even though i interacted with them i still tried to maintain a little bit of a distance because distance. i thought that that was going to rub off onto me and i was going to wow. it was just a weird thing that i had but when 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 kids see somebody who is dark with black hair and brown eyes and he has a little bit of a different lingo to them of course they fear that different the difference and, and and no kid is born a bully in my opinion, no kid is born a bully, you know, but I think that's something that grows on you from home. Yeah. You know, you, you see your dad maybe bullying your mum. Yeah. You see your dad maybe speaking derogatory towards your mum or your mum speaking derogatory towards your dad. 100%. And you bring that to school. Yeah. And so, so now as, as an older person, I've worked out a really, really interesting thing to do when I visit schools now. And this is what I do. I, I, I ask the teachers first before I speak. I say, do you mind me asking if anybody gets bullied at this school? Oh, mate, we've got a lot of bullies. And I said, oh, wow, it's, that's bad. I said, can I, can I ask the question? If anyone gets bullied in class, you do whatever you want. So the first thing I say to the kids, I said, does anybody in this class get bullied? And I said, don't be shy, I, I got bullied. I'm going to put my hand up, my hand's right up. I got bullied big time. I got kicked, spat, spat on, punched, you, you name it, it happened to me. Wow. I got bullied. So if you got bullied, join me for a second. <laughs> I, I got bullied. The hands, you know what I mean? the hands come up. I said, wow, man, there's a few hands. I said, that's, that's pretty sad. I said, but you know what, put your hand down. I said, now, here's the key question. If you are a bully, put your hand up. How many people you think put their hand up? None. 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 No one will ever put their hand up. Never. No one will ever admit Never. that they're a bully. Yeah, right. So I told the students who were getting bullied, I said, so you see, kids, we've just worked out what a bully is. A bully is an absolute coward. Wow. And it hits them hard. Yeah, 100%. I percent I go, what a coward. He's, he's got the nerve to bully you, but he hasn't got the, the nerve to put his hand up and say that he's a bully. If I was a bully, I'd own it. I don't care. Yeah, I'm a bully. Let me own it. But you're not owning it. That means there's something going on in your life. So the next time one of you kids get bullied, I need you to do me a favor. I said, I want you to tell the person that's bullying you that everything's going to be okay. Whatever it is that you're going through in your life or whatever it is that you're going through at home, don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. And if you need somebody to talk to, you can talk to me. Wow. If you bullying me makes you feel better, then that's okay. Wow. Imagine doing that to a bully. Uh, that would shoot him down, right? Yeah, 100%. It Would shoot him down, and so that's that's one of the tools that I use today now when I visit schools because there is a lot of bullying out there. Great oh, tool, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, great yeah
1: tool. Every one of us has gone through. I think yeah. I, I don't think there's any generation that hasn't had it. I think it's. I, I'd say it's it's part of the it's part of growing up. You know what I mean? Well, it, of course, we're going to eliminate it, but it's
0: a different bullying too now. The social media. Well, I mean, there's 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 bullying that goes on. Outside of school, there's yeah. bullying at workplaces. Yes. There's bullying in the boxing industry. Yes. There's bullying in promoters. I've been caught on that. The end of that stick. I've mm. been there. Mm. I've been in. I've been in a situation where I've been bullied by promoters. I've been blacklisted by by TV networks because of promoters. Like that's that's a, a bully tactic. Inshallah, and that's Allah. happened to me.
2: Take us through the next clip, inshallah uh, for your boxing career, obviously. So there
0: you are, the champ. That's that's me um, winning winning my world titles, you know what I mean? That's the two world titles there. Yeah, that's like two of the proudest moments of my life. That's, um, you know, some of the venues that I faced, like 14, that was, um, uh, that's at Caesars Palace. Caesars Palace. Yeah, if you go through to the next one, that's... Um, uh, MGM Grand
2: is that is that uh, we we see that all on yeah, – that
0: is that the one from uh, Ocean's Eleven that's Oscar De La Hoya versus Floyd Nova. they fought in uh, they fought in that venue at the MGM wow. Grand the next photo I think is going to be Madison Square Garden where wow. I fought there when I fought um uh, Rogers Matagua how, how does it
2: feel like fighting and with those kind of crowds it's honestly crowd. it's
0: uh it's electric wow. it's it's absolutely electric and I think. To be quite honest with you, I, I mean, one of my biggest regrets or one of my biggest, you know, this one, you know, you can't turn back time, but I wish I was boxing in this era. I wish I was boxing today because if I was world champion today and I had the ability to fill up an arena today, that would be something special. You know, we've got some really, really good promoters in boxing today. Yeah. The Rose brothers are doing great things and they've put Tim Zou on an amazing platform. Wow! And if I had been world champion today. If I could have filled up a crowd like that with my own people, like I fought in crowds like that. I'm not going to tell you that I didn't because I fought on the undercard of um, Hopkins versus Pavlik, uh, De La Hoya versus Mayweather. I fought on the card of Winky Wright versus I Corte, wow. Shane Mosley versus Collazo, Shane Mosley versus Scotta. I fought in front of big crowds, but I wish I could have had the whole crowd there for me. Mm-hmm. You know, when me. you, when you represent in your country and, the show is all about you, and you're facing a Mexican or an American, and the whole stadium is for you. That that's got to be electric. That yeah. has to be electric. You know what I mean? That's probably one of the one of the only things that I envy about fighters who are fighting in today's time. Oh wow! Like yeah. How do you
2: deal with this kind of pressure? How do you deal with fighting at that level? How, how do you mentally?
0: Honestly, I, I the truth is is that I always saw myself there. I always. I envisioned that I would be there one day. That was my dream. That was my dream, and I knew that with hard work and dedication and uh and sacrifice that I would get there. I I, I never I never thought oh could I ever fight there. I knew I knew I was destined to be there. I know. This was my destiny. This and was. And were something.
2: your parents supportive? Dad supportive? Look, my dad were they r- r- around
0: your corner. My, my were they dropping you off uh, to, to boxing. Yeah, yeah. My dad dropped me off at the boxing gym often, and you know. Um, my dad was, as long as I got a good education and looked after my schooling, he was happy to meet for me to do whatever I wanted. But my dad and my mum were very supportive. Um, obviously, uh, no one wants to ever see their child getting punched in the face, but my father f- saw that if this made me happy, and then he was going to support In this it.
2: part of your life, if you don't mind me asking,
0: were you practising? Yes. Pract- I've been practising since I was a kid. Mashallah. I- I'll tell you why, because... When I when I was a kid, my father he instilled Islam in us right away. My dad was a very religious man. How did he? do He's that? He's a very religious How did he man. Do that? My father's been to Hajj over twenty five times. Wow! Right, my father used to take groups to Hajj back wow. in the days, and the way my father um, would do that was uh, he would always um, make sure that we prayed behind him. We, we, look, and and I'll be honest with you, you know, when you're a kid and you're praying, we used to play tutsis behind my dad's back. We used to flick <laughs> each other. We're praying, but we're flicking each other and doing all these things. You're a kid, right? You don't know the importance of prayer. But my dad was trying, because my dad wasn't forcing it upon us, but he was trying to instill that in us. It wasn't like he hit us with the ass and said, come and pray, or he hit us with the stick, come and pray. No, it wasn't like that. My dad tried to make it interactive. We would then do it together. And then he would take us to the mosque. And so when my dad would take us to the mosque, he would think we're praying, we'd go and play with the other kids and run on the streets and whatever, you know, like, but he tried to instill that in us. The values. Yeah, the, the values of Islam. And so I remember like at a young age, my after every mughra prayer, my dad would always give us a hadith nice. about, about certain things in life. Nice. He would sit all of us down. And one morning, I was at school, and after school we went to, uh, I went to this convenience store that was right across the road from my school. This is the first time in my life that I ever stole. I, don't know. I walked into a shop, it was called Ampole and it wasn't a gas station, but it was an Ampole shop that sold like drinks and all that stuff. And so there was a lot of people in the shop cause it's right across the road from the school. So you could imagine it was packed with kids buying lollies and I was like, man, I'm not waiting for this line. So I just packed, took a pack of life saves and then I walked out. So, first time I ever stole. First time and last time that I ever stole, and I'll tell you why. That night, it just so happened to be that Allah had decreed for my dad to do a talk about stealing. Wow. Uh, And what happens when you steal? I didn't sleep one minute that night. SubhanAllah. Because I started thinking, I've just stole a packet of Lifesavers. Nobody knows about it besides me and Allah, and I'm going to hell. And I couldn't wow. tell my mom and dad that I stole because they're <laughs> going to get smacked, you know. I was young. So the next morning I woke up after not having much sleep with great anticipation, said, Dad, I need 40 cents. And 40 cents back in the day spoke value. <laughs> yeah. What do you need 40 cents for, Dad? I need 40 cents. Is something wrong? Do you need? I said, Dad, just can I have 40 cents, please? Because my dad owned a convenience store. I could have just took it out of the till, but that would be stealing again. (laughs) So dad, dad, can I have it, please? (laughs) And he gave me the 40 cents. And the true story, I walked into the Ampol store and the man, the shop was empty. And I said to the man, excuse me, sir. And he goes, yes. And I said, yesterday when the store was extremely full, I stole a packet of lifesavers. He goes, don't worry about it, kid. I said, no, no, no. I have to worry about it. I'm going to hell. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, Son, you're not going to hell. Calm down. And I said, I said, Sir, this is 40 cents to pay for the life. I said, said, Don't worry about it. I said, Please take because I don't want to go to hell, please. And he goes, All right, give it to me. So I gave it to him and I walked (laughs) down. I said, Ya Allah, I will never steal again. And from that day, Alhamdulillah, I can tell you that I have never stolen or taken or put my hand on anything that wasn't mine ever. And, and I and I think amazing. isn't it amazing and, uh, the stories yeah
1: well that stories like if your dad didn't have that story with you that night no subhanallah it's amazing and that, that, that could
0: have been yeah. the start of my feaving careers you know wallah, that could be, that like, I, could, I could have turned
2: into a thief and how Allah inspires hundred yeah, percent great advice for some of our fathers that are listening and especially connecting him to prayer connecting him to the, the hadith of so the Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi wasallam we well, I try to do that I've got four boys so you can imagine I always mm-hmm. constantly. I get my oldest to pray as and leading in prayers. Wow, that's amazing.
0: That's amazing. That's that's a so very, very good thing so to do. So important, wallah. You know, I I have a son and my son is uh he's he's only a month and a few days away from being um four years of age. I like it, like it. And you know, my son, when when not maybe for not the whole prayer, and I, n- I never force him, I never said, Dad, come pray with me. I said I said dad I'm gonna pray that I'm gonna pray with you, Dad. Very quick witted as well, like exactly. Man, he reminds me of like a mirror image of how I was. Looks nothing like me, he looks exactly like his mum, which is no problem because I love her to death. <laughs> but he has the same characteristics on, as me so. as a kid. He's very, uh, you know, fiery, he wants to play, he wants to break things, and that's exactly how I was. The apple does not fall too far <laughs> from the tree. Logan. And when Logan. I pray, I see him standing next to me, and when I'm reading, he will read. He, like, he'll muddle, he'll muddle up, but he'll try to read with me. But it's this a is a good life. thing. And so what I do with him, I say, Dad, you don't know how to read the fetal. Yes, I do. I said, no, you don't. And then I read it, and he follows what it's I'm doing. You know? He doesn't I know see. that I'm
2: yeah, teaching yeah. him. He thinks I'm
0: playing a game with him, you know. Yeah, 100%. So, nice. but like what an I amazing... Am. amazing what an amazing feeling it is to live, relive your life through your children. Yeah, me, it me, is. To right me, right. for me, watching my son do things is like, wow, that's me reliving my life. Yeah, so, hundred but right. well, Honestly.
2: So take us through now. You've reached. Take us through the, I you think know, the training. You know, the you know, training, the, the, the hardships the, of what, training. What, I think. Where did you go? What, what happened? What you, advice did you get? What was the? Uh,
0: what was? The, what was the growth there? You know. You know. Um. Uh, the, the one thing that I was when I was younger was like the pinnacle of boxing was to arrive in America. That's what it was all about. If you if you make it to America and you fight there, you've made it. That's
2: the, that's, that's the, that's the benchmark.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, when, when I was 21 years of age and I was professional by then I'd missed out in Olympic games due to my own stupidity. I, I fell off a motorbike and caused myself injury and I had 113 amateur fights. I had 98 wins and 15 losses. Wow, and, wow. you know, and, I, and I represented Australia at the World Junior Championships in, uh, in, uh, in Hungary. Yeah, I went to Cuba, fought in the World um, Junior Championships. I fought in the World Senior Championships in Thailand. I fought at the Acropolis Club. I fought at, I fought at, I fought at all these tournaments. I, I lived at the Australian Institute of Sport, chasing one goal, and that was to go to the Olympic Games. When all that failed and crumbled, meeting Prince Nassim Hamed changed my life. Cause he was my childhood hero. Prince Nassim Hamed is like a, a legend of the sport of boxing. And Where league. was that?
2: Next, next, next.
0: So, so if you go through the photos here, that's Sugar Shane Mosley. That's Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> uh That's Bernard Hopkins. That's Prince Nassim yes, Hamed. There, there li- there, there there's the legend, Prince Nassim Hamed, You know. Inshallah. So, say so, so you uh, met him? Where'd you meet him? So I'm 17 years of age, and uh Prince Nassim is is supposedly going to be a guest speaker at Lakemba Mosque. Wow. My wow. sister's come home with a pamphlet that says that Prince Nassim Hamed alongside, well, Khaled Yassin alongside Prince Nassim Hamed will be guest speakers in Lakemba Mosque. Who do you think the first person at the mosque was? Me. I was wow. the first person there and I was an hour early. And uh, SubhanAllah the Sheikh came out and then they rolled out a screen and Back in them days, there was no such thing as uh, FaceTime or any of that, yeah, or, or, or or you know or Zoom and nothing like that. So when so he had, when he uh, had that magazine, whenever Naz spoke, no, this, this this wasn't. No, nah, this thing. was at his house. Whenever Naz spoke, uh, his name would come up on the his his um just that thing would come up like he's talking. Oh wow! But well, when he finished talking and the sheikh finished the seminar or the the khutbah or whatever it was, um, I approached him and said, Sheikh, my name is Billy Dib, Billy Dib. I've had 113 amateur fights. I've had 98 wins and 15 losses, and I have done everything in my career to emulate Naseem Hamed. He's my childhood hero, my childhood hero and I've written to him over 400 times with no response. Can you please call him back? I Can't do that, brother. And I said, Sheikh, for the sake of Allah. He says, brother, I cannot do that, man. He's American. I said, oh, wow. brother. I said, Sheikh, please. He goes, where do you train? I said, I train at um, Cogra. Kagura? I said, yeah, Kagura. And he goes, I'm going to come watch you train. I go, okay. So he came to the gym to watch me train. And he's like, yo, man, Nassim's going to love the way you spin on the dime and did it, all these things. And, and I was like, so you're going to ring him? And he goes, no, no I ain't going to ring him. He goes, but what I'm going to tell you to do is you follow what I told you to do and I'm, I guarantee you who will ring you. And I was like, oh, man, this is not going to happen. And so he puts me together with these people and the brother whose name was Subhayyam. Uh, Subhay is the most beautiful man in the world and I'll never forget him because he made my dream come true. He helped put together a portfolio for me with messages, pictures. He'd even got a video cassette and he said, get some of your videos of your fights and I'm going to burn your fights onto other video, ca- and then to a video cassette. He created like this nice cover for the video cassette with a picture of wow. me fighting and wow. he said, I'm going to so say done this amazing glossy pages. My dreams, what I want to do, I want to become world champion. Did the immediate for your Everything, that's what he did. Wow. Well. Gave it to the sheikh. Had a phone number on it. And the sheikh says, "I'm going to give it to Nassim Hamza." Sheikh, please, I'm begging you, can please make sure that he rings me. He says, "By Allah, I will ask him to ring you. If he does that, that's on him. If he doesn't, that's on him." He goes, "But I promise you, I will, was, I, will I will, give him that amana." He will
2: send the message.
0: I'm going to give him that amana. That amana is the package you've given Subhanallah. me. SubhanAllah One week after the sheikh left. I get a phone call to my phone and the number was double four, double seven, zero zero something, millions of millions of zeros. Wow. Why was can I ask you something? Why was it so important for you? Because he was my childhood hero. He was everything to me. He, he, was, he like, was your Rocky. He was my So you looked up to him, that's he, it. he was everything to me. He was like he, wow. when he fought, he mentioned the law, you know what I mean? He like he he just he was everything I this wanted one, to be. It was
2: one of the biggest reasons why we've created this podcast.
0: I connected because with him it, because he... That that,
2: that moment, yeah. the, there is so many in our community and abroad that just by meeting him and having a little chat can change your whole life. Well,
0: the thing is now is that I'll continue, but I'll tell you because, because he says something to me that that I'm going to bring back to that, what you've just said then. But when I got the phone calls, I, I picked up the phone I said, hello, and he says... Hello, is that Bilal? And I said, yeah. I said, who's that? And he goes, Habibi, it's Prince Nasim. And I'm so like, who? Huh? <laughs> he says, Bilal, it's Prince Nassim, Habibi, can you hear me? And I said, give me one second. And I started screaming that Prince Nassim was on the phone. All my siblings in the house, what the hell's wrong with this kid? You know what I mean? <laughs> and my mom's like, talk to him, you idiot. <laughs> you know, <it's laughs> bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> so I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm so sorry. It's Bilal. Habibi, I seen your tape. He goes, I can't believe there's a fighter in Australia that fights just like me. And I was like, Naz, you don't understand, man. You mean everything to me. You're my childhood hero. You're like, I love you. You have no idea, man. I want to be everything like you and more, inshallah. And he's like, Habibi, I ask Allah that you'll be better than me. He says, listen, when are you going to come and visit me? I said, Naz, you wouldn't believe that I'm on holidays right now. And he goes, I, I said, I can come tomorrow. No, Bilal, be serious, Habibi. I said, listen, no, nah, I'm not joking. I can come now. So he says, put your dad on the phone. So I put my dad on the phone and he's ticked to my dad and salam alaykum and Allah and all these things. And and then he says to my dad, can I invite Bilal to come to the UK to meet me? And my dad says, if you want to, no problem. Next thing you know, this guy's booked me a flight to come to the UK. Wow. Right? I arrive in the UK First what? time overseas? This is not my first time overseas. I've been f- overseas by then about a hundred times for the fights. Yeah, for the yeah. Fights. For, as an amateur, I traveled everywhere. So I paid like, for your tickets. Every, <laughs> every, everything, everything, <laughs> uh, everything. And then, and then, when no, I, arri- I when no, I arrived, no, in, bless him. Yeah, when I arrived into the we UK, we need to make dua for this brother, right? Nah, he's now, the most, man. This guy's the most amazing person in the world. It doesn't even stop there. There's so much more. Love, and now uh, when I when I arrive into the UK, there's a gentleman who has a flyer says. Billy Dib And I'm thinking I'm thinking Naz is going to pick me up This is what I'm thinking right So I arrive And then, then the, the driver says I'm driving you to Sheffield Which is about three hours away Wow And he goes And you're going to stay at Khaled house Sheikh Khaled house And I was like okay But I'm supposed to be staying with Prince Nassim And he goes No no Nassim Well leave it to the Sheikh He'll explain So I get to the Sheikh's house And I'm like sheik I'm good to go. Like, can we go see Nazi? like, <laughs> Naz is a bit busy, but he's going to come and see you tomorrow. Inshallah. Allah. So you know me, I get up in the morning early. I, I've basically had no sleep because I'm jet lagged, but I'm pumped to see him. Anyway, I, I waited, waited, waited. I fell asleep on the couch. This guy didn't turn up. One day he didn't turn up. Two days he didn't turn up. Three days he didn't turn up. Wow. By the third day, I'm thinking that somebody's played a hoax on me. Wow. It's just a joke. So I start telling this, and the Sheikh's dragging me from talk to talk because he travels the UK doing talks in Birmingham, this place, Manchester, and he's dragging me to all these talks, which is amazing. But I don't really care about the talks right now because all I care about is meeting Prince, and Sima, I he's grooming you. Yes, yeah, so, but I'm getting edgy. So then yeah, I the, said. Were you
1: talking? Did you talk? Oh, this, the Sheikh was talking. The Sheikh would be talking to Naz, not yeah, me. Then I'm saying, but at the, at the masjid, were you doing any talks when no, you no, like, oh, no, no, no. no yeah, he's I, there. No, you're I was just, just following just, him around. I, I, I'm
0: just following so him how around. How old were you there? This is me older. This is me much older. Ah, okay. Well, what age group was that? I met Nas when I was seventeen. Seventeen, baby faced, wow. baby I was baby faced. SubhanAllah. Anyway, this is like much, much later. This was in two thousand and sixteen. Ah, okay. Wow. And this is while, a while this is after Cyrus passed away, and I've gone to the UK to meet to, to spend wow. some time with him. Okay. Uh, okay. But I'll tell you about that story. We'll get there. He he um. So I eventually told the sheikh. I said, Sheikh look, I need to train." You know, I'm a bit I'm a bit upset right now, and I need to go burn some steam and take me to the gym. So he takes me to a gym where Nas trained as a kid, and Nas hates him. And he dislikes these people at the time. He's had a fallout with them. They were his trainers throughout his whole career, and then he's had a fallout and moved on oh, with wow. his career. Wow. He's now been trained by Emmanuel Stewart and Oscar Suarez. Subhanallah. So he gets wind that I'm at this gym. Next thing you know, the driver comes back in and says – Bilal, we've got to go. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm in the middle of a session. He says, no, 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 you're going to be very happy. We have to go. And I was like, what are you talking about? And Bilal, please, we have to go. He like, said, all right, let's go. So we left. I'm very, very upset that we're leaving the gym because I was just getting into the flow of things, meeting um, Brendan Ingle and Johnny Nelson and Kel Brook and all these guys who are, became legends and champions of boxing later on.
2: SubhanAllah.
0: And I turn up at this place and it looks like the White House. It looks like a castle. It's called the White House Castle. That's in my mind. That's what I'm thinking. And the guy goes to me, go and hit the doorbell. So I hit the doorbell and the doorbell says, welcome to Prince Sims boxing gym. Boxing gym. Yeah, and I opened up the door and Naz was standing there and he was leaning on a bag. And as soon as I seen him, I broke down and started crying. He says, Bilal, Habibi, why are you crying? I said, Naz, I, can't, I just <laughs> can't believe it. <laughs> I thought they were playing a joke on me. No, Bilal, I'm so sorry, Habibi. I've been busy because this and that. And I was at the snooker tournament and my friend Ronnie's and anyway, he's hugging me and kissing me and all these things. And I love you, Habibi. And don't worry, Habibi, where's your bags? I said that the Sheikh's house. He <laughs> said, No, Bilal, listen, Habibi, you're staying with me. And I said, Really? Like, yeah, Bilal, you stay with me. Have you going to get your stuff? We're going to. Anyway, so the next thing you know, we did a training session. We At the time, he had this Lincoln Navigator, which is a really fun car. He had a whole bunch of other Ferraris and Lemon but we we're in this. And this was the first time that I seen you could put your finger on the door and the door would open. I was like, whoa, <laughs> man. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, the fingerprint. And, door he, and, and we're in the car and we're driving and whatever. And then all of a sudden, we're training every day. in... And then one day, he says, yo, turn that music down for a second. Turn it down. So they turn the music down and says, Bilal, do you know Surah al Kursi? And I was like, nah. And he's like, I got I've, like vaguely. And he's like, oh, Bilal, listen, we can't be training no more until you learn that Habibi. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, every time he's boxing, I want you to read that surah to me right now. He goes, we're not putting the music back on in here until you learn that surah.
1: Yeah, wow. so say,
0: so, so anyway, so he taught me the surah, right? Allahu Akbar. And and then he so now every time he rings me, he says, "You're Read that surah for me." <laughs> <Subhanallah>. <laughs> and I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "Because when you read, I get rewards. <laughs> so read it plan. quick, <laughs> man." You I know, mean, so we built the most amazing relationship. To be quite honest, what a great relationship, like, you know. And this was a time when after Sarah passed away and I had been through a few things and he came to Australia to spend some time with me and then I flew back and he and I went to Dubai and spent some amazing time. And this is in his home. And then after this here, I went back to Australia. Things were okay for a little while. And then he and I, I don't know what, what happened, but subhanAllah, the shaytan got involved and in me. He and I had a little bit of a fallout. And this was the first time in my life that I had ever fallen out with him. I'd never had an argument with him, but we we exchanged some not nice words, and and we both went on our way. It was like you know I don't need you, and yeah, Habibi, I don't need you either, Habibi. Get out my life and whatever. And anyway, and it was sad, man. I was devastated. You know what I mean? And, and and the thing was is that I was in the process of writing my book, and on my book, all I'm doing is praising him. And all of a sudden now I'm having a fallout with him. I'm taking him out of my book. You know what I mean? But he's played he played a big role. Wow. Anyway, so you know I ended up. He says he told me in a phone call, "Bilal, you know what, Habibi, live your life, and Habibi, you write whatever you want in the book." I said, "You know what, Naz, I'm gonna write the truth. You were my childhood hero, and I loved you and whatever. And I'm just gonna leave it like that, Habibi." He says, "Habibi, do whatever you want. I don't care." Said, "All right, no problem. Anyway, I I did that. I did that. I wrote exactly how I felt about him and whatever. Right? He told the truth. I never, never, and I never put anything about our fallout because that was happening at the time. Like." I just never wrote about it because it embar- to me it was embarrassing. So, that how, oh how could I be a guy who's been bragging about this man my whole life? Every interview I ever did, I bigged him up and talked about him. And, and I love. You know, because I loved him. And then I'll never forget being sick. And when I was sick, he was the first person I reached out to. And I sent him a message and I said, and I've never needed you more in my life than I need you right now. And his response was very blunt. What can I help you with? What do you want? And I told him, now I'm not well, and I'm not going to be around for much longer, and I just need to talk to you. As soon as I said that, he obviously saw what was going on. Oh, like The, gri- the he, gravity of he the felt, situation. He felt the response was, and I responded in a voicemail so he could hear my tone and hear that I wasn't well. He rung me straight away. So- And I was like apologetic and crying on the phone. What, Bilal, don't cry, Habibi. Listen, what, don't worry about our stupid argument and don't worry about that, Bilal. And he's like, like, I'm coming to see you right now. And I said, no, don't do that, Naz. I don't want you to see me like this. Bilal, I don't care, Habibi. I'm coming. I'm going to be with you. And I was like, I don't need that. I don't want that. I don't want you to see me in the state. Remember me for who I was, but I'm just telling you now I love you and you're, you mean the world to me. In, in, in it, just so the list, listeners understand about the role that this man played in my life. Each and every single time in my life as a young boy from the age of 17 that I was ever in despair, he was the one person that could get me out of it. Wow. Allah used him as a tool to get me out of every bit of despair in my life. Nor my mum, nor my dad could get me out of the despair that he would get me out of. He had a well, weight
2: What was the experience?
0: He... he, he it's just that I loved I loved him so much. I looked up to him so much that whatever he said to me was that that was what it was. It was gospel. That's it. Khalas. Lord he Lord. he he had the ability to tell me, Bilal, Habibi, you're gonna knock this guy out. I'm knocking him out. You're right, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, and no, I would no. go out and do it. It's that he, he would ring me before fights and Bilal, how you feeling, Habibi? I said, I'm good now. Bilal. You're, you're good, right? You're going to knock this guy out. And I was like, no, I'm doing just that. And he's like, Habibi, you ring me right after you knock him out. I'm going to be waiting. Okay, Habibi. Bang. Now I'm going out to knock the guy out because he told me to do it. You know what I mean? Wow, wow. That He gave me this. People will never understand. People might think it's weird. Love. Like how does somebody give you that kind of confidence? Kind of like we spoke about
1: that, didn't yeah. we, today? We spoke, I believe in you Yeah. and I'll help you believe in you. Like yeah. remember we spoke yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah, it's right. amazing how powerful it is when somebody believes in you. Yeah, and they help you believe in yourself. Himself. And he, this is this is exactly what our man, brothers Allah, and Allah. sisters in our Islam need, and this is what yeah. we do with the retreat. We were having a chat today, yeah. The retreat, yeah. So. so, Subhanallah it's amazing. There you go. There, there's there's your rock.
0: You oh, know, y- Allah, you, Allah, you know, Allah. you know. He he um he had this way. You know, I I don't like it. I don't. I obviously I love him in a way that you guys will never understand what he means to me. Allah. Well, it's 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 a. And only Allah can put that love in your heart, amen, and amen. and the thing is He loves me the same. Subhanallah. You know How I mean? many boys? He's got a few boys. He's got he's got three sons: three sons. Sammy, Adam, and Suleyman. and they're all mo- the most beautiful kids ever. Like, and they love me and respect me so much. But the relationship I share with this guy is like is unbelievable, man. And, and you know, and you know, he he told me something, and this is going back to what you said. Now, when I when I first met him, he said, Bilal, am I?" Everything you expected and more. And I said, Nas, you are everything I expected and more than that. He goes, I'm going to tell you a story, Bilal. He goes, my sister is a massive fan of The Prince, The Singer. When I became champion, I introduced my sister to him. After I introduced her to him, she came home and ripped his posters off the wall. I said, why? And he goes, he didn't make the right impression. She hated him after meeting him. He goes, but... How do you feel about me? I said, Naz, you mean the world to me and more than that. So and I go, uh, and you're everything that I ever wanted you to be. And he goes, and someday, Bilal, you're going to do for a child and kids what I did for you. Yeah, yeah, wow. And, wow. That, and now so when, young, yeah, when, when young kids come to me now, because I'm a former two-time world champion, I tell them what he told me. Nah. Even though I never became better than him, he was an amazing fighter. Amazing, amazing, amazing fighter But Allah allowed me to win the same world championship That he won in the same weight division Wow, wow. So in 1997, he knocked out Tom Bum-Bum Johnson To become the IBF featherweight champion And in 2011, I beat Jorge Lasieva To win the IBF featherweight world championship So if you look in the history books It's got Nas and then down the line it's got my name Allah. Allah. Like it's an unbelievable, unbelievable thing for me Allah. Yeah And you know what? If anybody wants to read some of the stories about Nas and the relationship that we shared, it's in the book. Allah, yes, A yes. True Heart, The Fight mashallah. of My Life, it's in there. Yeah, it.
1: mashallah. We, we, today we were at the book launch uh, in today at Crown, subhanAllah, mashallah. So anybody who's interested, uh, all your booksellers are selling them, mashallah. Yeah. Uh, mashallah, it's an amazing book and mashallah, he's been awarded amazing stuff, mashallah. I just, I
2: just want to touch on, on the base of being at that height. How old were you there when you went to... America.
0: Twenty six. Twenty six. Twenty
2: six. How do you deal with?
0: But I. But I went to America when I was twenty one. That's okay. where it all started. Twenty so one. Twenty one. Twenty
2: one. At your peak, Muslim of faith, going to Las Vegas, as they call it, the iblis of uh, yeah, <laughs> the devil. The what do they call Sin it? City. Sin, Sin City. Sin City. How, as a Muslim, do you like reconcile that?
0: Reconcile that. How do How do you, how do you because go into into Sin City? And and keep your values in. because keep I your- because I only went there with one intention and that was to become a world champion. I wasn't, I wasn't interested in the gambling. I wasn't interested in the girls. I wasn't interested in the in that side of the world. I Remember, I said something to you earlier about you asked me about Salah and stuff. When I, when I was a young boy, I used to pray because I wanted to win. I used to ask Allah I used to pray because I thought If I ask Allah that I, If I pray and I ask Allah I ask Allah will give me victory But here's the funny thing There was times that I didn't win But guess what? I still prayed So You know like regardless of I, It's not like oh, Allah So I'm not praying Why Yo, would you do that to me? I'm not praying anymore It didn't work like that You know what so I mean? But I thought by praying Allah would give me victory And so when, Once Once I had Develop this relationship with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Wow. I, I didn't. The outside world didn't worry me. My it was my relationship with Allah. And don't get me wrong, I'm a sinner, and we're all sinners. And I and I probably sin seven million times a day, and I ask Allah to forgive me and forgive all of us for Amen. our sins. But Amen. sometimes I may sin, and I and I and it might be intentional, but because of the situation that I'm in and other times I sin and I don't know what I'm doing but the the most beautiful thing about Islam that I love is that the rahmah of Allah Allah says when you create a, when you do a sin I give you an, I give you a window of 6 hours to ask for forgiveness before I record it against your name wow. if you ask me forgiveness I'll I'll remove that sin and I'll add a a for you look at the decree and look at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wow bismillahir yeah yeah wow so you know for, for me, when I when I went overseas, I would think if I do haram, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to embarrass me on the world stage. Wow, That's wow. how I used to think. Uh, so I, so I, I tried my best to abstain from haram Amazing. all the time because I thought if I wow. do wrong, Allah will embarrass me on so, the world stage. So
1: SubhanAllah, you were using the shield of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So as, as I say, subhanAllah, I've heard this before from other brothers, subhanAllah, is that if I don't do haram, that's my superman outfit. I had a brother tell me this. He goes, yeah. subhanAllah, when I walk the streets and I know that I've never, I haven't done haram. And I'm, and I'm doing my salat and I'm doing my zikr. And I'm doing all the things that are prescribed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I feel like superman. That's my superman outfit. Wow. But as, as soon as I like look at something, like I say something tempts yeah. me. He goes, I feel like my super, uh, superman outfit fell off me. Yeah. So I say, Ya Rabbi, forgive me, forgive me. And then I feel the superman outfit come back. I think that was the best way somebody's ever described it to me. Yeah, y-
0: you know, you know, he, the thing was is that my my biggest fear was being embarrassed on the world stage. Allahu Akbar. I I wasn't scared of losing because losing is a part of life. You know, even if you're Floyd Mayweather, you've never lost the fight. You still lose every single day. Have you ever thought about it like that? You, th- you every single day that you live your life, you lose a day of your life. You'll never get it back. So whether you're a winner and you've never lost in your life you're still a loser because every day you lose something. I mean certain times in your life you lose loved ones. Certain times in your life you lose friends. And every single day that passes is a day lost that you'll never get back so you are a loser. We are losers living in the dunya. That's yeah. the truth. I mean we, we you know every day is a test and every day is a loss. Amen. I you know when a day passes and you feel like you didn't do anything productive, you've really lost a day in your life. I mean. You are a loser for that day. I don't know.
1: So beautiful it's a beautiful perspective. You the, know, the, of, the most important know. thing
0: that you could do in your life is every single day is try to do something positive. I mean, whether it's for yourself or whether it's for your dean or whether it's for somebody else, do something to help somebody and see how you feel. I mean, Make your days productive. Make your days count. Make make every day in your life count 100%. for something. Be a benefit, yeah. as we say. Be a benefit. Yeah, be a benefit <laughs> to somebody. So
1: that was your like I can say you use the word do, 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 do five times now, mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's action. Subhanallah. Commit to the actions, mashallah. And and, and it looks like from what we're talking about today, subhanallah, you're a man of
0: action. So that, that was your training, that was your… I like to get it done. Done. That's it. You I like do, to get it done. I'm, I'm one of those people, I set a goal and I like to smash it down. It's like if I, if I say I want to do something, I won't stop until I do it. It's like creating this brand that I've created, Believe. Wow. Yeah, believe. You know, it's about believing in yourself and knowing that it doesn't matter who believes in you, whether it's your mum, your dad, your siblings, your friends, your next door neighbour. If you don't believe in yourself, you'll never succeed. It all starts with you I think on that note I think uh, Can we get The next
1: uh, Can can we get I want you Before we go to talk about your mum Inshallah (laughs) I'd love to talk about that But I'd like you to go to Believe To his website Inshallah brothers The amazing stuff that you've done With your products So I'm going to get Look it up Inshallah now We'll put it up Inshallah there to show,
0: to show our brothers and sisters, inshallah, to support your cause. How,
2: how long have you been? Uh, so,
0: you so, so I've launched I launched this brand um, with the help of a beautiful brother by the name of Atel Hakikat and the help of uh, a wonderful brother by the name of Jake yeah. who owns a company called G-Dub. G-Dub. Yeah, so we, we launched this company last Friday and uh, alhamdulillah, you know. Through, That's Friday, it's only been a week, yeah? yeah, so through the grace and the mercy of Allah, there has been some traction on the page. And this is the page oh, what wow. I've created, and this is a brand that I've created. It's about um, having believing in yourself, having a vision, being consistent in that vision, and only arriving at the point of success. Wow. Inshallah, these, wow, these, beautiful, are some, these are some of the products that I've created, and uh, what I tried what I tried to do was make them affordable for people. Inshallah, very nice. um, you know they're they're a very good product. They're uh, they're amazing quality. And if you do make a purchase, I, I ask Allah SWT to reward you for doing that because you're supporting me and my family. And if you don't make a purchase, it doesn't matter. Just show some love in another way by sharing the page well, well, or. I, 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 I want to say something, and I think the Safi bros
1: here are going to do something quickly. It's a fleeting idea. So, whoever on this podcast purchased something, puts a photo of themselves wearing this, right? one of these products, inshallah. Right, if they go on onto the podcast, and you know through through YouTube, inshallah, or through Instagram and stuff like that, right, we're going to give away five hundred bucks to one person who's purchased that product.
0: Wow, subhanallah! Thank so you whoever So whoever like... gives
1: it up and puts a photo oh, wow. online on the podcast, we're going to pick somebody, inshallah. And we're gonna give him five hundred bucks. Yeah, How
0: about that, Lord, you. thank you so much. That's amazing. Honestly, that support amazing. our brother
1: inshallah. 100%. I think it'll be an amazing thing for us to support what you do, and the amazing work that you've done. Inshallah. We wanna we wanna help people and brothers
0: to believe. Yeah, of course. Yes. And yeah, you know, this 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 brand is based on faith. It's based on my faith in believing in myself and believing in the decree of Allah and believing that I'm only here through the decree of Allah. You know, guys, I was told that I had six months to live. How did that feel, man? How did that feel? Like, like that moment? Like, I would love for you to take
1: us to that moment. Like, like, how did you physically handle that? Yeah, what
0: happened? What happened? Did I you was, I sick? was, I was extremely sick. Out of nowhere. No, I was in the gym one day, feeling fine, and then uh, a friend of mine in the gym who I was doing some sparring with, he punched me in the stomach. Yep. And after he punched me in the stomach, I felt this excruciating pain. Something like I've never felt before. It didn't win me, but it gave me like a really sharp pain. I continued to sparring. And when I left and I went home, I told my wife, I said, I think I've tore something in my stomach because I'm in excruciating pain. Long story short. And you can handle pain. Yeah, yeah. Long story short, my wife said, go to the hospital. And went to the hospital. There was some neglect. Then I it was jama It was a Friday and it was jama And I rang, my brother rang me. My brother Muhammad rang me and I said, he goes, but what were you doing at the hospital yesterday? I go, forget the hospital yesterday. I said, MD, if you don't help me today, I'll be dead. I'll be dead, by, I'll be dead by tonight. I need help, please. Wow. And he goes, what do you mean you'll be dead? And I said, I don't know. There's something growing in my stomach. I can feel it. Something's happened. And so when they took me to do the scan, the lady was like scanning here, and I said, excuse me, ma'am, I'm so sorry to tell you how to do your job, but can I show you where the pain is? I took the thing and I showed her, and she was like, oh, my God. Now I can see what you're talking about. And she's like, there's something that doesn't look right there. So then she rings Doctor the doctor and his name's Dr. Bahin and he says, Let's send him in for a scan. When I eventually come out of the scan, I fall asleep. He then wakes me up and he says, Do you want the good news or the bad news? And I said, It doesn't matter. Why do doctors do that? He goes, um, the good <laughs> news is, is that we're going to operate on you tomorrow today, or we're going to operate on you tomorrow morning. We don't usually operate on Sundays but because you are calling by a friend. We're operating on you today, tomorrow. And I was like, okay. And he goes, well, what's, what's the bad news? He goes, the bad news is we've found colon cancer. Love. We've found cancer in your colon area. Who should we ring? I go, ring my wife, which probably wasn't the right idea. He rang my wife and she had a heart attack on the phone. Because I, I answer, she answered the phone. I said, Very. She Alhamdulillah, <laughs> how are you doing? I said, Yeah, look, I just want to let you know that they found cancer, but the doctor wants to speak to you. So he gets on the phone. She's now hysterical. And he says, so I'm going to need you to calm down. And could you contact um, Bilal's father? And she goes, I can't because he's in hospital suffering from cancer himself. So, she, so he Allah goes, Allah Can Allah. you? Can, she goes, I'll, I'll ring his brother, Jihad. So my brother, Jihad, gets on the phone with him. He gives him permission to basically send me into the theatre to do the operation. So they remove the colon cancer. I'm told to stay in the hospital for the next couple of days. We may need to do a bit of chemotherapy. I said, absolutely not. I won't be doing no chemo. If you've said that you've taken out the cancer, there's no need to do chemotherapy because you said you took it out. Yeah, but there might be some particles floating around. I said, it doesn't matter. I'll fight that with some other... Things I'll use some black seed oil and I'll do some Islamic remedies and Mm. Chinese remedies and all these things. Why why did you have that staunch? Because Sarah, my wife, had passed away from cancer in 2015 and I did not want to go down that route of using the chemo because she died from the chemotherapy. I had a fear of the chemo. So they sent me home with this colon cancer and after a week they sent me home. A week later, on Friday again, I start feeling... A serious pain. Her cousin Bilal is a doctor. Bilal Eji, my cousin's, my wife's cousin, and he says to me, "Listen, we need to ring the. We need to take you to the hospital." I said, please don't take me to the hospital. Just leave me. Here. I don't want to go to the hospital again. Just let me stay here. Let me rest. Maybe I just need to. Sleep. Can I sleep on your bed?" He goes, "Yeah, have a little lay down. I lay down." He goes, "If it doesn't get better in thirty minutes, you know we need to. We need to take it Then my wife rang the hematologist, Doctor, um, Doctor, um. Sanjay and his exact words to her was I'm very sorry he goes we were hoping that we wouldn't have to see you till Monday um, because we don't have good news but we thought we'd let you guys have till Monday and you guys are going to come in and see us but he goes uh, we've misdiagnosed Bill he actually did have colon cancer but we've actually found another separate cancer that he has through these bloods he has non-Hotkinson's Burka lymphoma cancer, and you're going to need to bring him back to the hospital if he's not in a good way. She goes, he's in a really bad way. Wow. So, they, so she took me back. So they gave you that weekend yeah, so knowing he, exactly
2: what was going on.
0: Yeah, she, they took me back, and it was an absolute, absolute disaster. And then eventually after the drugs they gave me and whatever. How do you do with
2: that? Going, leaving, yep, you're all right, go back. So now again, roller coaster, man. Allah, it's always a roller coaster. Allah.
0: But I put my trace, my trust in Allah. You know, I just. Allah. How did you do that? How, how did you, put I, I, you trust in Allah? Because because I'm not in control. But how did you do it? How did you? How do you? Because this because up? because it, well, the way I looked at it was like, who do I fight with over this? I'm sick, but who do I fight with over this? It's not an opponent that I can see. I can't fight this opponent, cancer, because I can't see it. But, and I can't argue with Allah because. I'm no better than anybody else no. if Allah, Allah gave me this It's a gift I've got to take the gift You Take the good with the bad when Not not only when life is good You say Alhamdulillah and You say good Alhamdulillah When things are bad too Alhamdulillah. So I had to say Alhamdulillah Anyway so You know When I sat in the hospital room And then eventually my mum came And she was with me And she said Bilal, Can we put that photo of his mum? Yeah And she was rubbing her chest And telling me that She has a good feeling That there's nothing wrong I she, she says right to me there yeah, she's right there yeah she's I'll my, I'll she's like my, you know. my the rock of my life you know, know. and so then moments later dr baracharin walks in and says that he's my hematologist and i said to him i mean what is what's a hematologist i had no idea you know and so he says I need to speak to you. Can I speak in front of that woman? And I said, that's my mum." So anything you can tell me, you can tell my mum. Wow. And he sat me down and he said, look, I understand you have reservations about chemotherapy. And he goes, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing no chemo. And he goes, um, do you know the extent of your sickness? And I said, no. And he goes, well, you're extremely sick and uh, by the looks of things, you won't be around for much longer. And I was like, wow. what do you mean? And then he said to me, you'll be dead in six months. And I said, then I looked at him and I said, you're not God and you can't tell me that. And he goes to me, no, I never said I was God. He goes, but I am a hematologist and I know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you now you're extremely sick and you won't be around for much longer. Did he give you a stage of the cancer? What did he say? That was just all he said to me. So I looked back at my mom and she started crying. And then I said to him, look, Alhamdulillah for everything. I said this is god's will i said but how can i turn six months into 60 years and he said why and as soon as he said why i said i have a son who's three years old who i need to walk to school in two years time and a wife and a family to be here for and i said i don't want to die and he goes to me you got to take the chemo and i said to him "Come on board and he was shocked to see that I was right on board and I was like he's like just like that and I said look I told you before it's not about me anymore it's about we and when I say we I mean my wife my son my family I can't leave like this I go you know the reason why I had reservations because my wife Sarah died from chemotherapy yeah I need you to understand that and he goes I didn't know that. And I said, well, you know, I said, we've had a couple of cases of cancer in our family. My uncle, Haysom, died from leukemia and my wife died from cancer. And he goes, has anybody else in your family died from cancer? And I said, one of my cousin's kids died from cancer. And he goes, okay, so we're going to need to do some research on that. And he goes, but we need to get moving quick. And I said, what do I got to do? And he goes, you got to start chemotherapy yesterday. And I said, all right, let's go. And so we yeah, know, At that
2: time Did you put your Reliance on Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala And
0: just right, I tell you As, as just, soon as As soon as the doctor left And my mum was crying She said that she needed to Have a cigarette That was the best thing That she could have done Because I needed A few moments to um, Just Grasp No not grasp I need. I needed to process that moment I needed to oh. process what he said And I didn't want to tell anybody Anything until I processed it in my mind and so I rang up. I didn't ring anybody, actually. I, I, I asked Allah, I said, Yarob, I'm not sure what you have in store for me, but I ask you that if you have opened up a place for me in Jannah, then take me, and if you haven't, Yarob, I, I would love more time. And I obviously I cried, and then what I did was I, I rang my brother, Ahmad, because my brother, Ahmad's played such a pivotal role in my life. And when I rang Ahmad, he was overseas, and I said, bro, I don't want to die. And he goes, you're not going to die. And I said, listen, I need to see you, like, as soon as possible. I need to talk to you. It's 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 very, very important. And he goes, I'm, I'm coming home, I'm coming back. Oh. So as soon as he arrived in Australia, he came straight to the hospital. And I said to him, I need to talk to you. I said, you know... I don't want to die, but if I die, I need you to look me in the eye now and tell me you're going to look after my son. I need you to. I'm asking you to take on that responsibility, not anybody else. And he goes, I tell you now. He goes, he goes, wahyat Allah. He goes, I'm telling you now. Life is my son. Let's leave it there. And I go, Ahmed. That means I want the best schools. I want the best education. I don't want him to box. I want him to learn how to read Qur'an, all, all of these things. Please listen to what I'm saying to you. This is what I want. And he made me that promise right then and there. And he said to me, I promise you, my, your son will go to the best schools. I'll make sure that he does sports. I'll make sure that he learns Qur'an. All of what you want, I promise you, I will fulfill that. He goes, but you're not going to die. Everything you've asked me to do, you're going to do it yourself. He's your son. You're not going to die. We're going to get you through it.
2: So you were doing your will on the spot.
0: Yeah, I'd done it right then and there. And that's the one thing that I was grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah gave me an opportunity to rectify everything that was going wrong in my life. Calling the people who I felt I had fallen out with, putting everything in place like my vehicles, property, whatever it is. Some people die in a car accident and never get the opportunity to rectify anything in their life or put anything in place. But Allah gave me time to be able to say, okay i've got I could have six months, I could have less, but I've got time now to make a few phone calls and put everything in place, which I did and the one thing that I did was I messaged somebody who's very, very close to me, his name's Sid David, and he's like a a brother to me and a father and a and a mentor and somebody who I love dearly and he's not Muslim, he's Christian but he's my brother because He's a believer in the book. And I said to Sid, Sid, I've been told that I have six months to live. I'm going to die, brother. He responded back by saying, you need to surrender and then a whole bunch of things after it. As soon as I said, you need to surrender, I quickly closed the phone. I said, what is he talking about? He's telling me to quit. I was on drugs at this time, by the way, on some heavy drugs. So, the minute I read surrender, I was like, man, why would Sid want me to die? Like, I start tripping, you know? And so then I, when I eventually sobered up, I went back to the message. It says, you need to surrender to a higher power. You are not in control here. Wow. Surrender yourself to God. Wow. And when I did that in my mind, that put me at, gave me so much ease. Like, you would not believe. I became disconnected with the world. I became so disconnected, I thought, if Allah takes me, he's taking me as I'm a cleansed person. I'm going to Jannah. So if I don't see you now, I'll see you in Jannah, Inshallah. I'll make du'a for you. I'll ask Allah for you to come to Jannah with me. That was my mindset. The only thing that was breaking me was my son. He, he was breaking me every day. Cause, I, Cause, and and I would have times where I'd cry in hospital because all I wanted to do was see him. You couldn't oh. see him. No, I, I like he he would come, but I, I'd have to go outside to sit with him oh. for like maybe thirty minutes or whatever. My oh. wife would bring him on Sunday for a little bit, and then he'd leave. Mm. She'd spend the day with me, oh. but that was like just to be able to see him. It's you know, when, when 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 I got the opportunity to to be able to go home because I negotiated with the hospital that if he did not give me time away from the hospital and to go home and try to recoup I'm not doing this anymore so I, I played negotiating role with him and I remember just photos that my wife took where I would be sleeping and just holding him you know like holding him like no hair no nothing and then put my, up some photos Yes, my, my, let's, get, let's my, get the next photos. My, my, put my, my, my poor son you know like oh. he started
1: look at that with a smile yeah
0: he started um seeing yeah. seeing images like this and and, and um he started seeing people with bald hair, so he would start seeing people with bald hair and say, Dad, does he have cancer? And I said, no, Dad, this person doesn't have cancer. They just they just like to cut, shave their hair bald. So every time he see somebody with bald hair, he's like, he's got cancer, you know. But uh, You're always in happy spirits? I, I tell you why. Because even though there was many, many days of despair and heartache and, and pain, any time I ever posted anything, I never wanted to post anything negative because – I felt like I was a tool to help people who were going through this. And the other thing is the truth is why I started the journey of posting while I was sick was because truth is I thought that I wasn't going to make it. I wanted to make it, but I thought that this is an impossible sickness to get through. And if my son is going to, you know, see anything, I want him to see that dad tried his best. My, my dad tried his best. My dad was a warrior and he never gave up. My, my, my dad never gave up. My dad fought So these pictures off. were for your son more the, than anybody? For, these were all for my son. I wanted him to see that my, my dad, he never gave up. So when oh. he went to school and people asked him, do you have a dad? He says, my dad died from cancer when I was three, but my dad was a warrior. My dad tried his best to be here for me. Lord. And, the, and the hardest things that I would do when I was in private is I would put my phone on like the edge of the bed, sitting up and I would record myself telling my son, hey dad, Um, you know, I know you're probably like 10 years old now and I just wow. wanted to make sure that you're being a good boy and looking after your mom and it's, hey, it's hard for know, me because, um, you know, like when I feel hey, like, I, like I was going to leave him, you know, when I feel like I was going to leave him. Love. And so, you know, I, d- I did all these messages for him and I saved them in my phone. And I would, I would, I'd save them. Then I'd put them in a deleted file, no, and I put no, a lock no. on a deleted file. And I told my wife, I said, "Look, I've recorded some things for you and Laith. and um, if Allah decides to take me, I want you to show him." Uh, and um, sorry, man. My life is nah, hard. Nah, as hard as, you better. Know, you know, you know. It says like that's uh, that was the hardest thing. That was the one thing that was breaking me was my son. Well, like, like, and and you know, I'm cancer-free now, but it still hurts me to think that I did them videos for him. And even though wa Taala says that you know tomorrow is not promised, you know, and I could I could die at any time, right? But when doctor tells you that you got six months to live, man, and you, and you're thinking about your boy, and I thought, like, I'm not gonna watch him. I'm not gonna watch him grow, but I wanted him to know that everything I done in my life, I did it for him and for his mom, you know. So you know That was probably the One of the best moments In my life Was when the doctor Rang me And he said Hey Bill I have good news for you You're cancer free You're in remission Allah. I started to tears And then I Quickly got my phone out And I deleted all the videos Allah. That was Probably the, the Hardest thing You I mean Like I I deleted him I didn't even want to Watch him anymore I just deleted So you did not have him
1: You don't have him at all no,
0: Go on. I didn't want him to ever see him Allah I didn't Akbar. want him to see what I went through Because like, that was Akbar. I was not in a good way I was in a really bad state When I was recording these videos Because I, I would only record for him When I was, in ext- when I was extremely sick Because I wanted him to see what dad was going through Allah. And I wanted him to know I'm, I was trying my best uh, Dad I'm sorry And I apologized to him many times On the videos but I tried my best is what I tried to tell him like dad I'm trying but this hurts you know like that's some of the things that I taught him and, Allah. and I always asked him to just be a good boy please look after your mum don't be bad dad and do me a favour and learn how to read the Quran Allah. that was my concern and I know there's a lot of brothers out there and sisters who are sick with cancer and they are probably gone through the same thing and Thinking that I want to leave their loved ones and their family members, and that's the hardest thing, man. It's like I, um, I always feel sorry for those who pass away from cancer because I feel like I feel like it's it's not. I don't say it's unfair, but I feel like Allah bless me, and it's hard for me when I speak to somebody who lost a family member of theirs to cancer, and for me to say that Allah spared me. I feel like, you know, a lot of people start sending me a message saying, Allah has favoured you. Allah favours you. And I'm like, Allah gave me a second chance, you know, and I'm just grateful. And like,
1: Alhamdulillah. the
0: only the only thing that matters to me now and, and you know, is to be there for my wife and my son, Allah. And, and maybe, maybe even now, like, you know. Has I've, it given you? It has, but, you know, you, you, you still fall into the traps of, you know, like, Dunya? Yeah, like, you know, not even the dunya, but, like, for me, like, you know, spending too much time on your telephone when you're around your kid or you're around your wife, like, there's no need to have that. You know what I mean? And, and that's one thing that I need to probably do a bit more of is just stop. Be trying, present. Yeah, just just be present in a moment. And, and my wife tells me all the time, she's like, you know, one day, Leif, Leif's going to be older and he's not going to want to hang out with you. So just give me his attention now, you know, take soak up as much as you can from me. You want it to be around for him, be there, you know. What I mean, and it's it's so true, you know. What I mean, and I never yeah. argue with her when she tells me that because I'm like, you know, you're right, because he's the most important person in my life, you know, right now. <laughs> so you know, so we're a, from here. And, we're from here now. Look, so now, like I said to you, you know, I'm 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 doing my best, um, to try to you know visit schools, you know, I I don't. I don't earn money from boxing anymore. And, you know, and, and the one thing that I can be honest about and I will be honest about is that there's a lot of brothers and sisters out there who think I'm a multi-millionaire. It's not true. You know, yeah, I fought in a really good era and I had some good fights and that, but I never earned the million-dollar paychecks that boxing delivered to other fighters. That's the truth. You know, I, I did make... A little bit of money. I've invested the money, and um, you know, I, I can't go through life without doing something. I need, like, I need to be able to earn money to support my family, my wife, and my son, and you know, and, and support. And I don't live a lavish lifestyle. That's the truth. I don't. You know, I don't have the fancy cars. I've had fancy cars in the past. I don't have them now. You know, I. But you know, I think the brothers and the sisters out there person. Like. ...perceive that Billy Dibs a multi-millionaire... ...and it's not true... And Allah, I'm not ...perception sorry, is like, perception people's perception. reality... It's, it's, ...it's not true Allah... ...it's... it's uh, ...you know it's... ...I'm comfortable... ...you know and on the day of resurrection... ...we will be considered the rich... Yeah. Yeah. ...we will be considered the rich... ...and Allah will... Mm. hasubna being considered the rich... ...you know what I mean but... Oh, yeah. ...you know now I've... i try to... ...I've developed a brand called Believe... ...that I hope... ...can take off and can support me and my family... Like and man. I've, um, you know, I'm trying to do a few things like investment wise in property, and I'm trying to become one of the best motivational speakers in the world. Just travel the world with my with my book, A True Heart: The Fights of My Life, and try to inspire yeah, as many so kids well. as I can um, through my story. Why? Because I feel like my my book is a book about life and a book about overcoming the odds, and a book about overcoming the bullies and all the experiences that these kids face I or went through I, I've gone through this losing loved ones fighting cancer you know this book's got a bit of everything in it oh, it's a, it's like a it's like a guide of life you know what I mean and, and, wow. and, and obviously as a Muslim we live our life you know um, trying to follow in the footsteps of our beloved Prophet Muhammad <inaudible> but Allah has tested me on so many occasions and it's only through Allah's grace and mercy that i'm here today and i and i put it down to four things and these are the four things that i live by and inshallah i'm going to create a t-shirt with with this exact words on it believe that through faith family friendship and love you can overcome everything in your life you um you can overcome everything as long as you remain steadfast and close to the people who matter anything is possible it's it's the, we
2: had the honor of being in the lecture where he spoke about the test is in the sabr. It's in the actual The timer when it hits you. It's when it hits you.
0: Yeah, my my wife constantly told me when I was six, she goes, I envy you because you're handling this like a real man. Shallah. And she goes, And I envy that about you right now And I was ah. like, I've no choice. And 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 I had made I had made um you know peace with the fact that I could leave but I was just happy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was granting me more time to rectify all of my issues and to show my son how much I loved him and how much I cared about being there for him And, and and today what do I wish I just wish that my son grows up to be a beautiful young boy who's humble and pious and Caring and loving towards people And and not a bad kid That's what I want I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To protect everyone's children from the bad And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Continues to use me as a tool To inspire the youth That's my dream That's my dream Is to inspire the youth I'm not trying to You know What I'm trying to do is survive But I don't need more than what I have To survive I just want to Just I don't I'm not asking for a lavish lifestyle. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me everything that I asked for. There's nothing that I asked for that Allah didn't give me. I asked Allah to grant me a world title, He did. I asked Allah to grant me another one, He did. I asked Allah to grant me a beautiful wife, He did. I asked Allah to give me a child, He gave me that child. You know what I mean? I don't I don't ask I don't beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for wealth. I don't. I really don't. I don't get on my head and say, Ya Rabb, grant me wealth.
1: What I say the question is, is did you ask him to heal you?
0: Yes I did. Ask Allah to grant me shifat to be there for my wife and my son many many times, but what I do ask Allah for is a when I ask Allah for for money I say Ya Rabbi give me a consistent amount of money to live my life that's it and I don't live beyond my means I don't live beyond my means I live within my means I do my best to. Do the best I can to and help if people we knew, as well. It's the biggest trial. Yes, it, it
1: is. Subhanallah. It's an immense. Subhanallah, Allah increase you in the dunya and the akhirah. Like, well, like you know, it's a what an amazing challenge you faced, you know. Subhanallah, just you know, uh, I, I love the fact that uh, you know, Subhanallah, I can see that how many brothers and sisters can resonate with your story, and Inshallah, find strength, especially the brothers that are up high and winning the titles today and the brothers and sisters as well who are currently fighting cancer and fighting sickness and illness and may ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to heal all of them and inshallah allahumma they find ameen. they find solace and, uh, and 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 also you know strength through this story and and that is the aim inshallah that we can inshallah motivate our brothers and sisters through these amazing stories of hardships trials tribulations and successes allahumma amen and inshallah you know Sometimes we need to see somebody who's done it for yeah. us to say, you know, and inshallah, may you be that, that person. person yeah, when they see this, they say, you know what, watching this and you talking about that and then they were feeling it and inshallah, they will say, you know what, he did it and I can. Yeah, I mean. And that's the power. It, I think. That, I truly uh, believe that. Not only that,
2: also saying, alhamdulillah, I haven't been that. tested with this. Allah, you know,
0: you, know, you haven't chosen There's the me. other side of the coin. hundred percent. Right. You know. My, like I said, my wife, she'd always tell me, you, you you know, you're so lucky. Allah's testing you right now. Wow. Allah loves you. That's why he's testing you. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, man. She goes, if Allah wasn't testing you, you should be worried. Allah <laughs> loves you. He's testing you. But, you know, um, in closing, what I would like to say is, that, you know, um, with, with, with um, as I said, you know, with faith, family, friendship, and love, everything is possible to overcome. You know, and so put your trust and faith in Allah. Put your faith and trust in a higher power if you're not Muslim. Trust in the book because the most important thing is to have faith that you can get through anything. And if if you have that faith and you have the support network, you can and you will. And if you don't have the support network, find a support network that can help you. In fact... If you're a person who's going through an illness and you need someone to talk to, I'm available. All you need to do is go to Billy Dib on Facebook or on Instagram, send me a direct message and I promise you, by Allah, I will get back to you because I look at every one of my messages and I will respond and I will help you in any way that I can.
1: Allah Allah be- Allah be- be- may Allah bless you
2: your family. May Allah bless your family And may he Allah ta'ala daughter, give Allahumma you more Allah. successes
1: And mashallah the ultimate successes Is Allah's pleasure And may Allah increase the sales Of his book Ya Rab, inshallah. And also Make his brand believe The pop yeah. inshallah And we, we, we want to support that inshallah, yeah, inshallah. And uh, so all our brothers and sisters uh, so next, next podcast
0: I'll be wearing your I'm, top I'm, sure. I'm, try, I'm trying brothers and sisters I'm trying to develop this brand um, as, a, as a source to help me and my family and um, you know I want to make it a worldwide brand this is not just a brand that's available in Australia it's available worldwide it's worldwide shipping so regardless of whether you live I don't care if you live in Kenya and you want this jumper or a t-shirt jump online mm. let's let's make this the best brand in the world inshallah, what inshallah. Mean, believe I mean. Believe, I mean
1: yeah. It's all help our brothers and sisters believe inshallah, inshallah. Thank inshallah. you very everything. much, thank, thank you for being part friend. of the thank thank you podcast Thank you so much You're a dear brother to us, we have become brothers And for uh, the past uh, day Alhamdulillah we've uh, Family. Uh, Made Family. a relationship inshallah. Allah bless you inshallah. and bless everything you do inshallah. Uh, inshallah. And thank you all for listening I mean, uh, I mean. We ask all our listeners inshallah, to make dua uh, for all the brothers and sisters who are sick and who oh, are man. fighting cancer and fighting any illnesses and we also ask you to inshallah support our brother in his in
2: his uh, also, sh- also share like subscribe yes. comment inshallah we'll send yeah. those comments yeah.
1: to yeah we'd love would love to hear some comments about his story and also i think it's amazing if if our brothers and sisters would comment about their struggles because wallahi talking about your struggles even inshallah on on the video uh, on YouTube, inshallah, will help a lot Because we can all familiarize And, and I think sharing is an amazing thing May Allah inshallah. bless you all yeah. Salam alaikum